From the east side to the west, this is From the Land, the Cleveland Sports and More podcast. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and tonight we are in a winning mood. Browns win, Cavs win, Buckeyes win big, and we are feeling so confident that we are willing to try something for the very first time. Tonight, we are going to talk politics. I am joined tonight by two of the best ever. My co-hosts, Phil Danko and Chuck Rambaldo are here. Fellas, I like how I feel tonight. How about you? Yes, I I enjoy all the winning. I'd like to get used to it, but I I don't know if I can. If I'm drinking single malt scotch whiskey on a Sunday night, it's because I'm feeling good because I don't like scotch at all out of a bottle. So yeah, yeah oh, I, I feel fantastic. You want me to run to the store and get you something? I mean, yeah, anything <laughs> else, really. Anything. I, I have it, but it just a bottle of Glen Livet ended up here, and I'm oh, like, boy. well, we're celebrating. Let's do enjoy, it. enjoy Here, that. Soil. Here's our picture. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have some more. Oh uh, boy. <laughs> well, we are obviously already rolling. Let's get into it. We'll stay at home. Start with skid marks our weekly look at the brown and orange road to the Super Bowl. And I'm not sure what to say, guys, other than, you know, same old Ravens. They always seem to find a way to lose games late to the Browns. Today was no different. A beat-up, seemingly overmatched, embarrassed early Browns team hung around and caught fire. Browns took their first lead of the game with no time on the clock and held on for a huge 33-31 to win. Browns are 6-3, and three, still tied with the how the f*** do they do it Steelers for second in the AFC North, and we get to celebrate our biggest white satin winning show of the season. So let's start this with a scale, one being the gif of Ditka yelling, we became a team today, we became a team. Five being the gif of Denzel Washington from training day yelling, King Kong ain't got shit on me. (laughs) Ten being the gif of Terrell Owens crying and saying, that's my quarterback. Which one of those best describes today's game? They're all pretty good. Uh, This is a good, this is a fun, I don't think I can go wrong on this scale, but I'm going to go with the we became a team today. It felt like on all cylinders after the debacle early on that, they didn't stop fighting. Uh, and I like that you said GIF because I call them GIFs. When I hear GIF, I, didn't I want know. a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with, with that one. We became, I feel like we're, I feel like we're really becoming a team today. I appreciate that, that Gerbs in your description, you called them both a GIF and a GIF just to cover your bases. Like I thought that was pretty <laughs> good. That, that's exactly, I did not mean to do that. Yeah, no, that's perfect because that's society will understand. <laughs> it's, it's important, man. I got to tell you on that scale. Wow, there is no wrong answer, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go all the way to TO, baby. That's my quarterback. That second <laughs> half, that dude yeah. won us a football game against a yeah. team we probably shouldn't have beat. That was awesome. That's my quarterback. <laughs> well, I like that we're gonna round this out. I'm going with King Kong ain't got shit on me because this is the second time this season that the Cleveland Browns have beaten the team that nationally was believed to be the best one in the NFL. They took down the 49ers the week after the 49ers blew out the Cowboys and everybody thought they were great. And now they take down the Ravens the week after the Ravens pummeled that Seahawks team and everybody thought they were unstoppable. So nobody has got shit on the Browns, especially not King Kong. Let's keep going. Give me your 60, your 60-second take on today's comeback win. Game was like uh, every Browns game before where they keep finding ways to lose the penalties up the ass, the mix extra points, not catching any breaks. But I think this is the third week in a row. I'm going to say credit Stefanski kept the team calm, kept them fighting the whole second half. They were like a different team. Deshaun's best game by far is a Brown, especially the second half. Phil kind of said a 14 for 14 game winning drive that run. He made as one of the biggest plays of the game. Uh, defense made stops when they needed to. Overall, one of the best and most satisfying wins in years. It's gritty to overcome not one but two double-digit deficits to steal one against one of the best teams in football. And it's a huge freaking win uh, that's making me starting to really believe in this team. Uh, they're physical, and they were bullying. Not just defensively, man. Offensively, yeah. they were bullying them. And like you you alluded to, you guys. They trailed for like 59 minutes and 20 seconds, and you steal a win against one of the best teams in football. It is a A-plus effort today, man, and I haven't felt this good in a long time. This game 
this team today was about resiliency. Like it was, this is something we're not used to as Browns fans, right? Like we were down 14, nothing The five minutes weren't gone in the game uh, against a team on the road that we historically performed terribly against on the road in Baltimore. And before we knew it, it was already a, a two score deficit. Like the Browns have done more recently, they settled for field goals in the red zone the entire first half. And you're like, all right, we can't win this way, but they stayed in the game because the defense kept them in the game as they have been all season. And they found themselves down basically one score at halftime and immediately gave up a score. We're down 14 again to start the fourth quarter because of a turnover. Five penalties on third and long that gave the Ravens another set of downs. I think four of them occurred in the second half. So you say all those things and there's no way. If I just describe the game, you're thinking, yeah. all right, yeah. we're losing this game by three or four scores. And yet we were still in it. Uh, we amassed a a touchdown scoring drive that that took up 10 minutes of the third quarter. It was basically the entire third quarter, which brought us right back to one score deficit. We give up another score. We're down 14 in the fourth quarter. We don't win these games. We don't win these games. The other part of this is at the end of the game, you find yourself in a situation. You're down one. You've got five minutes left in the game. You get the ball. You start the drive with a a, a false start. Here we go. Same old Browns. They drove down the field and used all four minutes and 55 seconds to win the game like winning teams do behind a Deshaun Watson that was hobbled that came out of that locker room and looked like the Deshaun Watson we want. I don't know how to feel about this game. This is a new feeling for me. I like their resiliency and I think we're about to see uh, see a little run here. Dinko is now turning his 60 seconds into 120 yeah. seconds almost on the nose. Yeah, I took it yeah. off. All right. So, and, and, and some more. I think I won in the last second. The moments are what stick out to me. Miles Garrett, back-to-back sacks. And Joku punishing a safety for 15 yeah, yards. Uh, the defense supporting Hopkins when he came off the field after missing the PAT. Teller's fumble recovery. Watson's last first down run. The angry run with basically everyone pushing. Hunt running out the clock. Stefanski not running some weird double reverse halfback pass with 30 <laughs> seconds left. All incredible moments in this game. I also think this is the best the Browns have ever defended Lamar Jackson on the ground. For years, we have had that guy make those back-breaking like third and long runs or long touchdown runs or something like that that just absolutely crushes us. It never happened today. The Browns' defensive line and the linebackers really controlled him on the ground today. That was fantastic. This is still an offense that looks lost like at least half the game, but it can also look great sometimes. And when they put it together, look out, this might be – a really good football team. Moving on, where are you at now with Deshaun Watson? Uh, that's my quarterback. I just said it. Deshaun Watson is the quarterback that can win us this division. I, I I think that's where I'm at. And you see glimpses of it. He hasn't put a whole game together outside of maybe that Tennessee game, right? Like outside yeah. of that, he has not put a whole game together because his first quarter today looked terrible. But well, the, the first second, half was bad. He had like uh, you know he had like uh, 68 yards passing at the half. He, it was he, it was ugly. He did, and all 68 of them came in the second quarter. The second quarter wasn't too bad. They they just settled for field goals. Like, he got them down the field. So you saw it starting. I, I think he was three for 20 in the first half. He was really bad, Phil. I promise you he was really <laughs> I know. bad the whole I first half. <laughs> you saw him starting to get the offense clicking anyway in the second quarter, and then the second half, and then he got hurt. Like, probably on one of his best drives, he was driving yeah. that team down to score before the half, and he got hurt and and hobbled off into the locker room. And he played that entire second half hurt. You could see it when he ran, but he ran for key first downs. For all that we had to endure in the last few weeks from local fans, the media, whatever, in terms of this guy doesn't want to play hurt or whatever. Like that guy went out there, beat up today, and won that game in the second half. I think we're just building momentum with this guy. He's a good quarterback, right? So get him in rhythm. He's finding players down the field. His arm looked fine today. He was hitting strikes down the middle of the field when the, when those guys were open. So let's build some momentum with them. And what I don't want to see is a step back in these next few games because we're playing we're playing teams that aren't nearly as good as the Baltimore Ravens. So let's see a Deshaun Watson go out there and beat those teams rather than squander an opportunity. I guess. Jeez, Denko, all of a sudden bringing down the good mood. What the hell, Chuck? <laughs> bring us back. I'll do my best. What I'm hoping for is more consistent to what happened in that second half. I'm not expecting 14 for 14 and game winning. That, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting him to be an upper echelon quarterback, at least for what we've seen under center for the Cleveland Browns since 1999. I don't know if he's ever the same guy he was three years or four years ago in Houston. I don't know if he has to be, 
What I like the most about this is after the game, social media players were commenting on him saying, that's my dog. He's a dog. Yeah. That's what, I, that's the thing I like to see most when, when we're saying they're becoming a team. That's the first time I've seen players kind of stick up for him in that light and say, this is the guy that we hope we have. So um, how do I feel about him? There's part of me that goes, I hate cheering for this guy still. There's still always going to be that there, but he did things today that I haven't seen quarterbacks do for this franchise in a very long time. Uh, hobbled. It was gutsy and gritty. And if he's going to have the same attitude and the same play style as almost everybody else on this team, that's what I'm saying. It's starting to feel a little bit special. And it might be a completely different story next week. But this <laughs> week, it feels like it's turning into something where the breaks keep going their way. They're finding ways to win. They're beating teams we say they have no business beating. Uh, at some point, we're going to have to go, oh, hey, this is a really good football team. Like you're saying, you're like, this is a really good football team. Uh, that's that's, And I'm hoping he's the one leading it for the last half of the season. Stop questioning whether he wants to play football anymore. Stop questioning his toughness. There were so many people on Twitter when he went to the locker room eight seconds early at the end of the first half because of his ankle who were like, oh, great. He's not going to come out in the second half and he's going to be day to day for like the next like three weeks. Forget that, man. That dude battled, played hurt and played really tough all the way to the end. He looked as bad as he could in the first half. He made every play they needed him to make and more in the second half. There's no doubt in my mind he has more potential than any other quarterback we have had since Bernie. And probably if he can put it together week in, week out for a full game, it's going to be the best quarterback we've ever seen the Browns have and the best quarterback we've ever seen this team play with. So I think I'm where I'm always at with Deshaun Watson. I really believe in this guy. And today we actually got to see it in the second half. And and that's, that felt great and looked great and is why I feel so great today. Who's your MVP? Uh, as great as the defense has been, and we seem to give it to those guys a lot, I'm going to give it to Jerome Ford because not just today, he's been a real unsung hero for this team and he ran tough all yeah. day today and something that we didn't know, like we're seeing Nick Chubb run tough, but there's been times where he's impressed me, not only with his speed where he breaks free, but this is the first time I've seen him in real physical average 6.3 a carry, man. And you know, you need every point you're getting point one, point two, point three against the Ravens. So I'm going to give it to Jerome Ford. I like that choice. He did it behind a, and we haven't mentioned this yet, a yeah. super thin offensive yeah. line. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, backups to the backups. And we had 178 yards of rushing today against Baltimore. Yeah. That was fantastic. This is a toss up. I, I want to give it to Deshaun. Maybe, maybe I got to keep him humble. Maybe I got to keep him <laughs> humble. I'll give, I'll give, beat the Steelers at we home. Don't want the MVP. <laughs> going to his head that's right that's right we got it's it's pittsburgh week in, in a matter of hours it's pittsburgh week so we yeah let's let's keep him humble so i'm gonna give it to jok jok was all over the field today seven tackles two for loss beyond just his stats that dude was drafted to negate lamar jackson and today he did it even when he wasn't wrapping him up if he couldn't he caused disruption in that backfield to where someone else got to him there were a ton of lamar jackson runs that were stopped at the line of scrimmage one yard beyond the line of scrimmage and jok was all over that so i really think he had a great game and showed out for what that guy was drafted to do on this team oddly lots of people to choose from even though you know so much of this game was was bad uh, and so many things seem to go wrong. JOK is a great choice. Zadarius Smith was a great choice. The running backs were great. Offensive line was great. But I don't care what it does to his ego. I'm giving it to Deshaun <laughs> Watson because they're not winning that game in the second half without him at quarterback. P.J. Walker could not have done what, what Deshaun Watson did. And so that's why he's my MVB this week. Now, I know both of you guys were working today. Uh, do either of you make breaths for the Browns? Oh, yeah. Ah, all right. Oh, Sticking with oh. it. I love it. All right. So, Phil, winning bet? Oh, yeah. Winning bet. All right. Uh, again, this is like three weeks in a row now that I could not believe the odds that I saw. And I'm oh, looking no. at this like I, I, I'd i be stupid not to make this bet, right? I'd be stupid not to. So they've got me completely suckered in here. <laughs> Just like yeah. I think I look, line and singer. So my bet. Who's the sucker, though? Yeah, well, that's right. Because I won. I I. This bet was Miles Garrett to record a sack. Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty safe bet, right? I think it's the second tier of this, and there's only two tiers that they thought probably wouldn't happen. The streak would break, and it did not. Was Kareem Hunt to score a TD? That was it. 
two things had to happen. They both happened. It was plus 600. Holy cow. Running away with the Gerbuck challenge. Man. I've said that this defense is good enough to keep them in any game. So I said, I better bet some Gerbucks on this. I took the Browns plus six and a half at plus 230. Yeah, for right. 10k gearbox. Right. So I got a little chunk, but f- yeah, your Phil is running away yeah. with this thing, man. Does it seem stupid that it's plus 600 for those? It's like a two tier thing. I mean, I guess they figure there's no way Kareem Hunt's going to score. Yeah, a they look at him as a yeah. secondary back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I won as well. I went with uh, Deshaun Watson combined 214 and a half passing and rushing yards, which looked really bad at the end of the first half when he had a total of 70 yards or something like that. Uh, and I had the Browns plus six and a half as well. So that hit for 22,500 Gerbucks. Next week, the Browns welcome Whitney and the Steelers <laughs> to the land. Originally, at the beginning of the season, Chuck and I both picked the Browns to lose this one. Everybody else picked them to win. Anybody want to change their pick? I do not. I do, only because I I thought I'm pretty sure I have them splitting with everybody, and it was just home and away. So I, I would I would pick here. I think they're at home. Maybe they do what the Steelers did to the Browns at home earlier in the year. So yeah, I would, for the first time ever, like to change my pick. There's no reason to explain it. Just admit that you were wrong and change the pick. I, for the second week in a row, will be changing my pick, and I shouldn't have changed it last week, but I'm changing it this week. They still need to win this game. They they lose the advantage and the momentum that they have winning this Ravens game if they lay an egg and lose at home to this absolutely lousy Steelers team next week. So I'm changing my pick to a win, and I'm also predicting a Browns win for next week. But let's wrap up there. We are going to have our sip of wine and gold, our weekly Cavs recap. Cavs West Coast vacation got off to a sluggish and sloppy start in Oklahoma City with a loss but picked up speed with a crazy win over the Warriors on Saturday night in San Francisco. Cavs are four and five on the young season. Now, it feels like the Cavs are off to a somewhat inconsistent, muddled start, and maybe they just need somebody to talk to. So let's put the Cavs on the couch for some from the land basketball therapy. What kind of therapeutic advice do you have for the Cavs right now? Let's say, fellas, it's really early in the season. It seems like you're losing games you shouldn't and winning some games that we think maybe you shouldn't. Your team's getting healthy. You're still missing possibly your best defender, which I think would have helped in that OKC game. uh, I think for sure. So don't get too high. Don't get too low here. You're going to start stacking wins. There are probably 70 plus games left. This is a good team who's trying to be a great team and it'll turn quick for them. I think it'll turn quick for them. However, I would like Darius Garland to play a little bit better at times. But I like what I saw against, again, a, a Golden State team. First win against them since Game 7, by the way, and in yeah. Golden State area. So, again, not ride this wave out. Let's get our feet under us. Get our legs. And let's get on a roll. Don't sweat the small stuff. Is that good? That's I, I thought I sounded calming. You're pretty calm now. <laughs> <laughs> the, the problem as a therapist is you called out one person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's going to make him feel really bad. And like the other guys now have an excuse to blame him. I don't know. I'll give you a B plus. Oh, that's passing. That's better than I did in high school. (laughs) So the Cavs are on the couch. All right, fellas. It's about trust. It's all about trust. (laughs) We got to get into the trust tree on the defensive side of the ball. Just trust that everyone's going to be where they need to be. And more importantly, trust that when we have five to seven guys scoring in double figures, we're just a hard team to beat. It's all about balance and trust. That's what I want you guys to focus on. Deep breath, in with the good, out with the bad, in with the trust, out with the hero ball. You saw it in Golden State. Like that was the most balanced game I think they've played all season long. You know, it, you got a little bit of a swagger because of all the BS with Draymond Green, but great. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see it, right? The, the team sticking up for each other. And I mean, that happened at a point in an NBA game that there was, you could still easily lose that game. There was like a whole half to go. The balance of that game is why I think these fellas need to just, just trust in each other. That's like an A minus. That's, that's good. He even like, kind of <laughs> like dampened his voice a little bit yeah, to yeah. sound a little bit like softer. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was pretty great. Cavs, you know, I've looked into this as the starters, The assist ratio is 46.2. Now, this is a stat that estimates the percentage of field goals made from assists. And generally, you want your team to be around 65%. 
So the starters and the bench team combined way below that 65% number. So share, help your brother and you'll be helping you. No man is an island. A snowflake is one of God's most fragile creations, but look what it can do when they stick together. <laughs> so share a little bit. You're at your best when you're all running around, smiles on your face, passing the ball and watching everybody succeed around you. That's what I think you need to do. Just start moving around and passing the ball a little bit better and things will get better. That's that's it for Cavs on the couch. I thought that was pretty good. Hopefully uh, they're feeling better about themselves. But uh, next week, Cavs finish out their West Coast trip with games against the Kings on Monday night and the Trailblazers on Wednesday. Then the Cavs come back to the land and back to the in-season tournament on Friday oh, against oh, the Pistons. Oh. The Blazers and the Pistons are the first teams the Cavs will play this season that are probably not going to be playoff teams. So this needs to be a winning week, right? Yes, Phil. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah, the no, I, that's all right. I, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I just hope the Cavs don't melt under the bright lights of the in-season tournament game against the Pistons on Friday. <laughs> um, yeah, winning week for sure. Got to do it. Chuck, what do you think? I said yes, but I am too looking forward to what is our court going to look like mm. for that in-season? Mm. Is it going to yeah. be maroon? Is it going to be gold? Either way, it's going to be ugly, but I'm still looking forward to it. I'm not sure I'm looking forward to the in-season tournament part of the week, but I am looking forward to the Cavs getting to play some teams that aren't awesome because just about everybody they played this season has been good. So let's get some easy games. Let's get some easy wins, and um, let's get this season headed in a more consistent and positive direction. And with that, fellas, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back, talk some NFL and some other stuff on the road. Welcome back, fellas, to our second segment. We'll head out on the road, and let's talk some NFL storylines. The Patriots went all the way to Germany and didn't even score a touchdown, losing 10-6 to to the Colts. Pats are on a bye week next week. Any chance at all that Bill Belichick is getting the boot? No. No, no. You can't do that to the greatest NFL coach of all time in a midseason firing. I hope not, but maybe. So Chuck's already gone from no to maybe in about 13 yeah. seconds. There just so happens to be a former head coach and former GM available as of last week out of Las Vegas. So they could move into New England really quickly no, no. and they could probably lose just as well. So no, I don't I don't think that uh, in the bye week, Bill Belichick calls himself into his own office and fires himself. <laughs> we need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> We're going a different direction. I agree. Zero chance it happens just because it's Bill Belichick. I think if you are looking at the situation the Patriots are in and it's any other person coaching that team, that person gets canned. But you you don't do this to, to the greatest football coach who's ever lived. So Bill Belichick makes it to the end of the year, but maybe that's when things get interesting with him and the Patriots. Moving on, Detroit Lions had a big road win today over the Chargers. I think it's easy to say that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC right now, and nobody would really argue it. But is there a better argument for who is the second best team in the NFC right now? Is it the Lions, the 49ers, Cowboys, ah, maybe the Seahawks? What, what about your Josh Dobbs-led Minnesota That's Vikings? true. Yeah, how about them? Uh, all right. No. <laughs> no, right. So the, the, I, I don't know. on the list <laughs> right. on purpose. I don't know that there's a better argument for the second best team in the NFC other than our favorite Detroit football Lions. I mean, they, yeah, they had a hiccup a week ago or whatever it was. And they're, they're seven and two, man. They're, they're if it wasn't for the Philadelphia Eagles, they, they'd be at the top of the NFL. Right. So there's no better argument in the NFC right now. I love the Lions, but it seems like the Niners may have righted the ship today against a good team or who we think's a good team. But I still would say, because I love the Lions, there is no argument here. They are um they're kind of like becoming well, not America's team, like guys from Northeast Ohio's second favorite team. So <laughs> uh so I'll stick with them because like it's a feels, real small part of America. Yeah, yes, it's a very <laughs> small part of America, but still uh it just feels good. That team's seven and two, man. I wouldn't have thought that. I thought they were gonna be okay this year, not seven and two. Love the Lions, love what they're doing. 
but I think the 49ers are still the second best team. And once they're healthy the way they are now, they may give the Eagles a run for the best team. Like that defense suddenly got really scary with the bookends of uh, Bosa and, and Chase Young going after quarterbacks, man. It's 49ers might be about to hit their stride again, recovering from the damage the Browns did to them right. like in like <laughs> week right. six or something like that, week five. All right, moving on. Let's talk AFC North a little bit. Browns and Steelers won today. Ravens and Bengals lost. Ravens and Bengals need to turn around and play on Thursday night this week. Who's winning that game? And it's in Baltimore. I- I'm going to give the edge to Baltimore. That means Cincinnati drops two weeks in a row, which is is not they'll be they'll be squarely in the basement of the division, right? That's going to be tough for them. I'll give the edge to Baltimore right now because I, I have a hard time thinking that that team's going to lose two games in a row at home. I'm going to give the edge to Cincinnati only because we have said the Browns now have a reputation for breaking good teams. <laughs> good point. It's a good point. <laughs> so Baltimore's uh, about to lose four in a row. It, uh, <laughs> I'm not knock on wood. I hope yeah, so. Right? So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give the edge to the Bengals. Chuck stole my thunder. That was exactly the theory on why I was going to go with the Bengals too. The 49ers took a couple of weeks to recover after playing the Browns. The Seahawks looked awful the week after they played the Browns and then looked pretty good today. I mean, good enough to win today. I think the Ravens are going to be hurting after having to play the Browns the way they did today. And so I give the Bengals a little bit of an edge going into Baltimore. Night games in Baltimore are classically really tough. So it's The edge I'm giving the Bengals is a very, very slight one, but I'll go with the Bengals. So the Steelers now are six and three for the rest of the season. They get the Browns next week. They get the Bengals twice before the end of the year. They also get the Ravens and they'll play the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Colts and the Seahawks. So six and three now are the Steelers getting to 10 wins this year. As much as it's not like it's a tough schedule there. If they continue to do what they did today, where they've now become as they should be because Kenny Pickett's not that great. They ran the ball a lot today. If they continue to do that and their defense is always going to be good. And I'll ask this question. If they get, how the are they a 10 win team? If they become a 10 win team, there is no way this team should be as, as good as it is record wise, but they they keep proving me wrong every week. So I, I say it's, it's a, it's possible with that lineup. Bengals twice. Who are their losses? Bengals twice. Browns. Browns, Ravens. Ravens, Seahawks. Seahawks. Well, I still think they can get there because they're defying logic all season long. (laughs) Yeah, I I think they find 10 wins this year. You think the Cardinals in Pittsburgh, the Patriots in Pittsburgh, and maybe the Colts are three wins, you think. And then they find another win. They got the Bengals twice, what have you, but or maybe the Seahawks. But I think they find 10 wins, and I think if they do, Mike Tomlin should be coach of the year. I, I mean, that's ridiculous to win 10 games with that squad. So they got to find four more. I don't like saying it, but I think they do somehow. I think they find four wins the rest of the season. I disagree. I, I, I don't see where, I don't see where the wins come from. The, the easy ones are Cardinals, Patriots, Colts. But after that, you, you know, the Browns should win that game next week. The Bengals are really good. Uh, and the fact that they're where they are in the division is a bit of a surprise. They play the Ravens on the last game of the year, so I think maybe that's the one. Maybe, maybe that's yeah. the extra one that would get yeah. them to 10 if the Ravens have the oh, division man. locked up. But I'll tell you what, as we sit here today, I don't know that I think the Ravens have the division locked up after what the Browns did today and the fact that they got to turn around and play the Bengals on short notice. So I don't see it. I, I think they maybe they get eight, maybe they get nine, but I don't think the Steelers are getting to 10. So let's take a too early look at the AFC playoffs because this 10-win thing gets important. Right now, the top six teams in the AFC have at least six wins. The seven seed is Houston with five. I can't believe I'm saying this. This Jets-Raiders Sunday night game is 9-9 to right now. And so I suppose if the Jets win, they'll have five wins too. And so they're going to be in the conversation somewhere. But seven teams get in. Is a team with less than 10 wins making the playoffs? No, I don't, I don't think this year. I, I, I think I think 10, 10 is a must. And this might be one of the years that you need 11. I don't think so. But I also like to know who the Jaguars have left on that because they're going to win that division. 
they should win that division. They already have six wins. That division. Oh, oh but it's the, the Texans, Texans I mean, the are Texans right behind are, them with five. Yeah. Yeah. Ten gets you. Hopefully, ten gets you in. Browns. Hopefully, ten will get you in. <laughs> I I think you're probably right that it's ten. I think the Browns beating the Ravens today is a big step towards needing to get that ten win mark to get in because that 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 win really kind of changes things. I think it makes it easy for the Browns to get to ten. You know, I think that they have a good shot with their their remaining schedule to get four more wins to get to ten. I, I think that you're going to need to get there. Division winners, obviously, all make the playoffs. Chiefs are winning the West for sure, right? Yes. Yes. Dolphins probably winning the East at this point, right? It's tight. It's tight. One game separates them and Buffalo. Yeah. But let's yep. go with Miami, yep. right? Yeah, let's... but Buffalo's kind of looked bad lately. And yeah. The, yeah, that's why I would say, like, yeah. okay, if we had to call it today, we'd say it's the Dolphins. Yep. I would say the Ravens are probably still the favorite in the North. Fair. Fair. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's probably closer than we ever expected it to be, but I would say Jacksonville right now in the South. Yeah. Yeah. So three other teams will make the playoffs. Pick three from the Bills, the Browns, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Texans, the Jets. If they can win this one, maybe the Chargers. Which three from there do you think will make it? Bills got to figure it out. They'll get in. The Browns hopefully get in. I leave the Texans or the Bengals. I don't know. I think the Chuck, Bengals are too. Good. Yeah, I, man, is are three teams from the AFC North going to get in? It's possible. I think that's that's my what I go with. I'll go Bengals, Browns, Bills. Three Bs, baby. It's funny as he was saying that I was looking at this and they're all bunched up and and the five and four teams currently have to win five more games. In eight, right? Like they got to right. go five yeah. and three yeah. to yeah. end this season mm-hmm. to get to ten wins, which they haven't done to this point. Gone five and three, right? They were five. They're all five and four. So I think, given the pedigree, I think the five win teams right now that make the playoffs in the AFC are Buffalo and Cincinnati. So that leaves one more spot, and there's one team that resides here in Northeast Ohio that has six wins today, <laughs> and they get that other spot. So we're we're actually all in the same place. It's Bills, Browns, and Bengals to get there, but man, it's it's something with the Texans and even with the Chargers kind of hanging out there still, it's a lot closer than you think. Like, you know, the Texans could win that division still. So we'll see. It's a it's really tight in that kind of like five through seven, eight seed in the AFC right now. So we'll see how that one plays out. Why don't we wrap up the NFL there? We'll move on to our pumpkin spice fall hot shots, our hot takes from around the sports world. And let's not go very far. Guardians named Stephen Vogta? Voigt? Vogt? 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 He calls it Vogt. The actor? He calls, yeah. it, he calls it Vogt? All he right. says Vogt. That's great. Yeah. All right. So Guardians named Stephen Vogt as their new manager to replace Terry Francona. What do you think about the hire? Everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> It's the off season. Um, no, I, I, I like, I, I don't know anything about this guy. I mean, he was still playing uh, one, one year ago, right? Like he just retired the year before this pass. He spent one year as the bullpen coach in Seattle, I think. Um, but the, you look across the landscape of MLB and some of the other hot names that the guardians were going after did the exact same thing. I think uh, Kevin Cash was in our bullpen. He was our bullpen coach for a year or two before he became the best manager in Tampa Bay. I, I think it's great. It seems like he's a, uh, there's been some limited interviews here locally and he does, there is a familiar feeling with his personality where like when you, when you listen to, to Tito talk, you feel like you're having a comfortable conversation with someone you're just at ease with. And that's exactly how this guy is. You know, we'll see. I, I don't know if, if he can run the wheel play to any, uh, you know, success, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Excellent analysis and a totally unprovoked shot at Joe Madden. How about that? <laughs> What do you mean unprovoked? It's uh, <laughs> the sexiest hire in Cleveland in a long time. I, I don't know enough about the guy. Honestly, everybody says really good things. The video circulating online, why he's going to be a great coach is because he was blocking balls in the bullpen in full gear. I'm like, I don't know if that makes anybody a great coach, but I guess I trust you, Nolan. So <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll see. I, I, it, who else Who else was it going to be? We all agreed last week Council was not coming here. Somebody who spent a lot of time with the A's scares me, but whatever. We'll find out. I guess what I like most about this that's different from other sports is he's not replacing like the whole staff. He's keeping Sandy, 
And probably the most important thing they're doing is they're keeping Carl Willis to keep running that pitching staff. That's fantastic. So I kind of like the idea of going younger and the communication with the players, your relationship with the players is so important. That's what Tito always did so well. And so hopefully this guy has that, that same type of charisma that Tito had that he could do that. Steven Vogt, go get him, man. We want to see you be successful. Moving on. Let's get nuts. Buckeyes got their signature beatdown of the season, finally, with a 38-3 to win over the Spartans. Is this a big enough win to have you feeling confident about next week's big game against 5-5 five and five Minnesota? <laughs> yes. It's the best uh, McCord's looked all year. He looked like a very competent quarterback, and Marvin Harrison Jr. looked fantastic. And I'm glad their tight end is healthy. That guy brings a very different element to the offense, and again, the defense is really good. So... Overall, it felt good to have a beatdown. It feels like you guys have been questioning this team. It's like, all right, they got to beat up somebody. Why not beat up Michigan State? And hopefully yeah. that goes in the next week. Why not? I'm really confident that they can take it to the Gophers next uh, next week. Um, I, but you know, all kidding aside, like this is this is the nature of college football. You get these teams in your conference that are like, all right, there, we we can't lose. We're not going to lose this game. There's just no way. But you want to see a, a team like the Buckeyes. Their offense is starting to look really good. In, in both the passing and running game at the right time. Cause in two weeks you got, you go up North to, to play the most important game of the season. I think Marvin Harrison was on pace to have like 12 touchdowns in this game. If they let him play the whole time, <laughs> it was ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, you want to see that offense get, get into rhythm, get their stride because it's not going to be tested next week. It's going to be tested in two weeks. This was fine. Yeah, Glad to see them get like <laughs> a complete game dominant win from beginning to end. You just need to have a few of those good job on the Buckeyes go beat Minnesota and let's get fired up for that game in Ann Arbor. Is it in Ann Arbor this year? It is, yeah. Is it in Michigan? Okay. All right. Good deal. All right. So speaking of Ann Arbor and staying in the Big Ten with the cheating scandal at Michigan, Harbaugh got disciplined, whatever. What do you think was the funniest part of the Michigan cheating scandal? Social media photos of the Michigan staffer dressed up as coaches from the other teams on their sidelines. This thing with the blue light and the sunglasses, like maybe that's how he was videotaping things. Or last week's discovery of an LLC registered in Wyoming owned by this staffer and running back Blake Corum that was also cited by an HOA for running an illegal vacuum repair shop out of a residence. It's a lot of money in vacuum repair, wow. isn't there? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> everything's disposable you just get a new vacuum it's getting <laughs> vacuums repaired um that's the funniest by far that's like that's like breaking bad kind of funny like the, what is happening there what is really happening there this the stealing sign scandal is just a front for something bigger all of it everything you mentioned but the funniest part to me was reading i don't know if it was midweek or late week when the university there they started referring to him as a rogue staffer like this yeah. feels awfully political and I know we're going to get there. That's, that's political verbiage, man. So, uh, but I do like the vacuum stuff because if a vacuum breaks, most people just go buy an, a new one at like Sam's club for like 70 bucks or 50 bucks. <laughs> so maybe I should start looking into repairing that. I didn't realize there's money in repairing Dyson's. Those are too high, high quality. Yeah. I need something. Eureka. Go with the Eureka. Eureka. <laughs> Eureka. Great name for a vacuum. <laughs> There's no money in vacuum repair. It is the oh. most obvious front for an illegal business that has ever existed. And somehow they were running it out of a house that they owned in Wyoming. That, that is by far the funniest part of this. Anytime you can use the Secretary of State and the registration of an LLC and an HOA as evidence of a crime, um, you have reached nerd heaven. It is fantastic. It is what I spend a lot of my time doing. Um, so that was by far my favorite part of that scandal, but I'm glad that it's over. We can all move on from that one. And speaking of moving on, why don't we take our final break or come back off the field and get into some debate. How you debate? I'm going to get a beer. Welcome back, fellas. Let's head off the field. And this was a big week in Ohio politically. Denko, you're the only one of us that could legally vote in this past week's election. How did you cast your vote on reproductive rights for women? I voted I'm early kidding. and I voted I'm often. Kidding. All I'm going to say kidding. is I voted, voted early and I voted often. 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, obviously, we're not getting into something like that. Let's talk from the land, poli sci, our fun look at a political issue. This past week, recreational marijuana sale and use became legal in Ohio. It wasn't even really close. The ballot measure passed 57% to 43%. In unexpected news, it also appears that the ballot measure passed in every county in the state where a college was located. Congrats to Butler, Montgomery, and Cuyahoga County (laughs) for passing on issue two. Are you surprised that legalized marijuana passed in Ohio? No. Um, In fact, it's it's infuriating that I'm sandwiched now, like I'm, I'm 20 minutes to both borders of New York and Ohio. In Pennsylvania, I had gambled like casinos first. I'm like the tax dollars there are great for for here. Why aren't we doing this? It's going to happen here anyway. But my, my favorite part of all this was- We're going to get a, to it, Chuck. Oh, all right. I, I had a conversation uh, this week, the night before with my mother. We all love my mom. She's an yeah. angel, right? So she's like, I got to vote tomorrow. I'm like, really? I thought, what? I'm like, what, what are you voting for tomorrow? Is it like judges or sheriffs of Parma? I have no idea what you're going to vote for. And she laid out the two issues. She said she was voting <laughs> on the weed because it's a gateway drug. I said, mom, it is not 1984. Yeah, Stop yeah. using that verbiage. I was like, Parma is going to become a booming metropolis because of the tax dollars, because <laughs> of weed. So it does not surprise me. Uh, it, you, you know how I feel. I, it should be probably recreational everywhere at this point. So uh, congrats, Ohio. The heart of it all. Is that still the slogan? I have no idea. Who do I, Phil? <laughs> the heart of it all. Yeah, it is. Um, am I surprised that that we passed it? No, because I, I voted uh, 50 per seven times. And uh, I voted yes. <laughs> I voted yes every one of those times. <laughs> No, all kidding aside, I'm not surprised that it passed in Ohio. I think it was, I think it was fairly close to last time it got this far, but there were a lot of weird things tagged to that that bill that I could see, like, all right, just got in the way. Like they they threw a lot of kind of garbage into it. There's a movement here that I think is long overdue. I, how long has it have, has it been legal in Michigan now, Gerbs? A couple of years, right? A couple of years, two, three, yeah. And it was legal in it had been legal in Vegas or well in Nevada for like a year before we moved here. So it's. We have lived in states where it was legal for a long time. Yeah, on issues like that, I feel like we're we're typically like a a two to three year cycle behind Michigan, and and here we we've had it we've had medicinal for a while now, and this just makes sense. And the tax dollars will will help everyone out, even your mom and Parma, Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> I will say I'm not surprised either. I I feel like this has been the framework and the trend in every state where it's become legal is you start with medicinal and it becomes so easy to get it for medicinal purposes that you suddenly realize like, what's the point of this anymore? Just make it legal and tax the hell out of it and make an obscene amount of money on it. I mean, Ohio's, I think, become a pretty conservative state overall, at least in like big national elections. So I guess there's a little bit of surprise that it would do this, but overall, I tend to think this is where the entire country is going. And so it's really not that much of a surprise. But I th- I think what Chuck brings up, and I'm, I know you're joking, and of course we all love your mom, but yeah, that is kind of like the prevailing thought that's been out there forever, that it's this gateway dr- drug that's going to lead to using more serious things. Do you feel like we were duped into being afraid of weed when we were kids? <laughs> Yes. Yes, I do. I remember commercials where if if I even had like secondhand inhalation of marijuana, my brain was going to fry like an egg. I'm pretty sure that's that was going on in the yeah. 80s. That's terrifying. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. I just short sighted. There's so much money to be made. Let's get this stuff going. Yeah. You know, like Phil brought up a good point, because whoever was the ad agency for that in like your brain on drugs or where did you learn this? I learned this from you, dad. Like I remember yeah, right. Those being beaten to our brains watching like after school cartoons. How do we just wanted to watch Thundercats and we just had to be absolutely what is Lionel Lionel doing next? (laughs) (laughs) What was the broad's name? Uh Chitara? Chitara? Yeah. I don't know. There's Uh, Panthro. Panthro, I remember Panthro. <laughs> but yeah, like the propaganda is probably the perfect word for it here. Like there's ways that states need to make money and these are great ways for them to do them all while we, we all have different feelings about this, but I, it's, I don't see, I see it as a gateway drug. I never saw it as a gateway drug. 
Uh, if if the if issue three was is fentanyl going to be recreational, then that would have some maybe issue a problem. Yeah. We're gonna get to that too. Oh, shit, oh, no. <laughs> I didn't see issue three on my ballot. Not not, not one of the fifty percent of them. I, I I agree with you guys a hundred percent, and not just because there's like great opportunities to uh, for for states to make tax dollars on it and for people to make money on it. I just think that we were taught it was dangerous, like everything else, and never explained at any point until so much later in life that it's a plant. It, it grows in the earth, and you don't have to do anything to it, and it does this. Why would we ever be afraid of that? I feel like we were duped as we were growing up. All right. Best weed-themed movie. Big Lebowski, Half-Baked, Cheech and Chong, Up in Smoke, Fast Time at Ridgemont High, or any of the other, I don't know, 50 or 60 you can probably think of right now. <laughs> My favorite, for reasons beyond the marijuana, marijuana use, is uh, Big Lebowski. I think that's the best movie, beginning to end. Probably, but mine's always been Half-Baked. I can remember watching it constantly, like once a week. After, like you watch Billy Madison for thirty weekends in a row, you move to Half Baked, <laughs> and it's it's still outlandish and crazy and so stupid. But I could probably quote every line from it. About Jim Brewer attaching his star to Dave Chappelle <laughs> at one point, <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe Jim Brewer was like the bigger draw when when Half Baked came out. That's yeah. that's crazy considering what happened over the next twenty five years. I'm going with the Big Lebowski too. I really love that movie, although I. Honestly, as I sit here today, I can't think of how it ends. <laughs> I know I enjoyed a lot of parts of it. They go bowling. Before that. Yeah. All right. That's Donnie great. Donnie gets blown into the Pacific and they go bowling. <laughs> In our lifetime, we have seen sports betting and weed legalized in multiple states and more are coming. Which one of those, gambling or weed, becoming legal surprises you more? Probably the, the gambling at least here, because it happened here in Pennsylvania a long time. And there was a casino built 10 minutes from me a long time ago, because the only gambling I knew growing up was like, you, you know, like you went to Northfield with somebody and, and they, you know, like they made bets on horse racing. And to me thinking long-term that does a lot more damage to a lot more people if you're addicted to gambling, yeah. uh, then like if you're addicted to we is one thing, usually you're just kind of cool and sit on the couch and eat a lot of stuff. But, gambling uh can do a lot of damage very quickly so that was the one that surprised me the most but i'm i'm, I'm happy about it because i like to gamble things that a percentage of people may view as vices be it gambling be it drinking alcohol be it smoking weed really what happens what opens the door is like how much money can we make on this right so i'm not all that surprised that gambling is legalized quicker because there's just let, let's not make the mistake that they that any of these gambling agencies give a shit about the addiction to gambling. They want the addiction to gambling, and they're going to put that disclaimer at the end of every one of their apps and their commercials or whatever. But there is just money being made hand over fist in, in gambling. And and I think in Ohio, like there was gambling in Indiana forever, and it was basically two inches away from the border of the state. And you could go and gamble and, and all these kind of things. So it is, I agree with Chuck, and that's it's a much more dangerous vice, just like Alcohol is more dangerous than marijuana. So I'm a little bit more surprised at the marijuana part of it because of the negative, like this was like a smear campaign from the jump, right? Like this is, we're just going to make this the most awful thing you could ever legalize because as soon as you legalize it, your, your state or your country is going to shit. I guess I sit back and I'm just surprised that marijuana is legal in 24 of the 50 states now. I think it'll be 50 out of 50 eventually. I think it should be. I'm giving away my vote now, but, you know, uh, ask me again about reproductive rights. <laughs> no, 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 no. When I was younger, I would have been far more surprised by weed becoming legal just because like the anti-drug message was so prevalent and like sports betting just it never seemed like that bad to me. So long as you weren't fixing games, what's the big deal? Now I look at it and I think that weed becoming legalized is far more surprising to me because I just think like Phil was saying, there's so much more negativity around weed. And I think the ironic thing is that Chuck is 100% right, that uh, a betting addiction does a lot more damage than yep. an addiction, if that's even a thing, to marijuana. I remain surprised that both are legal except for the fact that um, I believe that money 
really is what drives every decision that's made anywhere. And there's so much money to be made that eventually both of those things are going to be legal everywhere. Best song about weed that I had no idea was about weed. First one, To Cal by Method Man. No idea it was about weed. Maybe I should have because the first line is, what's that shit they be smoking? <laughs> to Cal, to Cal, to Cal. <laughs> Next one, Got to Get You Into My Life by The Beatles. It's a love song, but it's actually about weed. My next one, I Got Five On It by Lunas. I would recommend you check out the video. These guys do not know how to play chess. Last one. <laughs> you Don't Know How It Feels by Tom Petty. So which of those songs is about weed that I had no idea is the best one? So all of those songs, you had no clue they were about weed. And I'm, I'm to judge which is the best of those songs. Yeah, yeah? it's a pretty simple question. Yeah, I just want to make sure that yeah. I'm not... I'm not judging which was the hardest to understand it was about weed. I'm judging the best song. I, I like, um, I'm a Method Man fan from way back, so I'll go with Takal. I had no clue that got to get you into my life until you just said that. Is a, That's surprising me to me. Wow. Yep. And they're all good songs for different reasons. I like all those songs for different mm -hmm. reasons, but I knew you don't know how it feels because let's get to the point. Let's roll another joint. So that, that right. I should have known. Tom Petty thing gets me there. I guess I'll go. Be I had no idea. I'll go with the Beatles. There you go. It's a good song. I'm going with Method Man, too. I really love that entire album. Moving on. Chuck, what are your plans for moving Pennsylvania forward towards legalized <laughs> weed? Uh, my plan, I don't think I, it's, nothing's going to stop that free train. It's been medicinal here for years. The biggest exit here uh is is the peach street exit which is about 20 minutes from ohio everything that's off that exit every hotel there every restaurant there and within the last year some of those restaurants have sold to cura leaf and all these huge dispensaries even though it's not legal here uh which which tells me that i, I don't need to do anything <laughs> if these guys are building you know if, if they're taking over eight thousand square foot properties they know something I don't know that they're already going to have it there. So me, I, I guess I'm, it's it's a waiting game. That's, that's that's all it is for me at this point. I would say that alcohol has always been uh, a pretty accepted part of life in America, in our lives in particular. And I'm sure we've talked about this before and probably joked about it, whether it's on the show or during a break, that we remember being like young kids and having our parents give us like a sip of alcohol or like a, a part of a beer or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you think you will ever reach the point where you could treat weed the same way with your kids? Like obviously not smoking because smoking brings like a whole other bunch of bullshit with it. But is there, is there a time where when your kids are young, you would expose them to weed the same way like we were exposed to booze when we were kids. God. It's funny you say that because my kids are big fans of gummies in general, <laughs> you know, fruit snacks. <laughs> so I feel like I have an easy avenue for this, but would I do that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I would do it. I don't know that I would do it. Like our, our parents' generation did it with alcohol. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, that's a, that's a weird thing. Like I, I remember the alcohol thing being, I was pretty young getting champagne, like at a wedding. Like, I'm not doing that to my kids, man. Like what, what, why would I do that? Like I, we're just way better parents than our parents. <laughs> uh Oh, speak for yourself. <laughs> Chuck and I are way better parents. <laughs> no, I think I would be far more understanding than my parents okay. would have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I, I just, I, yeah, I would understand it more. Uh, because I went through it where I grew up in a house where my parents never drank a thing in their life and wouldn't dream of smoking anything. Uh, so I think I would be a little more understanding with my children, but I don't think it was like, Hey kids, let's, you know, after dinner, let's all get vaping or put the hookah <laughs> on the table. I, I don't think, I think that I honestly, I think that would take a few generations before it becomes a little bit more acceptable as it was where like, I mean, I grew up with Italians where kids, I would go over dinner and, and they were eight year olds and they had a glass of wine with dinner. And I like that, that was weird to me then. So I, I, I can't imagine I'm, I'm just going to be more understanding than my parents were with the weed. I agree with you. I think there's 
probably a point in time where it becomes so normalized that that you have that. But we're we're a long way off from it. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I will say that I remember when my youngest son was. 10 or 11 and asked me for a sip of bourbon from the glass that was sitting on the counter. And I said, go ahead. And he took a sip and immediately ran to the bathroom and spit it out. (laughs) I don't regret giving him the opportunity. So what's next? Is there another drug that's going to get a push for legalization? Is heroin about to have its day? No, God, I hope not. Anything I see, I I, I rarely, I'll, I'll read some of the articles uh, maybe Phil probably knows because again, he's the only learned doctor here. Uh, I see there's a lot of positivity with micro dosing certain things like yeah. mushrooms or LSD or Molly for people who have PTSD or people who have multiple personality disorder. But again, if it's micro dosing, it's one thing, you know, like, so I assume that's kind of the next thing here that some of these things have, have benefits for people who are truly suffering from something that I don't understand. And if this can help them, I'm all for that. Again, if it's, if it's regulated, if it's, if it's micro dosing is one thing, but I think that's next. Maybe it's mushrooms. I see more about mushrooms when I'm reading stuff on Drudge Report or on the other news site than I do about heroin or fentanyl. It, it's not going to be it's not going to be uh, IV drug use. It's not going to be, uh, no, none of that's going to happen. I, I think if anything, it's going to be organic based, right? So the mushrooms, the psychedelics, those kind of things, I think that's probably the next most obvious frontier. Um, if they can wrap their head around it, like they've done with uh, THC, you know, it's again, it's an organic thing and and we can, we can control it and engineer it and it's safe fish. Excellent. So Phil is going to make a push in Ohio for mushrooms being legal. That's that's what I heard. Excellent. Yeah. Fellas, we are out of time. I am out of questions for now. And we just did the whole show without mentioning that the SAG strike ended this week. But the release of the final Mission Impossible movie is still delayed a year just to film the final action sequence. With that <laughs> news running. that I- yeah, it's got to involve running. <laughs> With that news that I guess a 45-minute scene where Cruz skydives from the International Space Station on a micro- <laughs> on a motorcycle with no oxygen tank while on fire is worth the wait. I hope you guys have a great week. Let's get together and do this again real soon. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, shall we? Yo, let's do it. I still I can't make read some any, magic. Any notes. I can't read my own notes. Fuck your notes. Speak from the heart. My notes are from the heart. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going with King Kong ain't get. <clears throat> but is there a better argument? Argu- <clears throat> 10 wins this year. I'm going to burp there from my Coors Light <laughs> celebrating the Fair. Browns win. Chuck. <laughs> and I think the Browns beating the Re- the I think Ravens? the Browns <laughs> I've had two beers. Leave me alone. <laughs> the ballot measure passed by 50 per 7 50 per seven. That's a great word. That's a good number. Too. That's what I'm going to name my next child. 50 per seven. We're going to beat the Steelers by 50 Oh, boy. We are celebrating Coming the Browns the rails. win way too much. I have I have some others. Oh, I have, let's I have, do it. Grumpy old menace. Let them rip. Oh, yes. All right. Yeah. With that news that it's possible that making movies has finally gone to Tom Cruise's head. I hope you guys have a great week. Let's get together and do this again real soon. With that news that Tom Cruise is just so braggy. I hope you guys have a great week. Let's get together and do this again real soon. With that news that it may be time for Tom Cruise to call it a day and make his debut in Expendables 8. I hope you guys have a great week. Let's get together and do this again real soon. With that news that Mr. Misplaced Priorities could probably film the entire Days of Thunder sequel in the same amount of time. I hope you guys have a great week. Let's get together and do this again real soon. It's such a hard on for Tom Cruise. Yeah. The whole, well. I forgot about the running thing.
I wish I can't believe I didn't think of that. Things keep going their way. They're overcome. And I don't like to verbalize it like I did with the Guardians. Like this team's starting to feel special. Like with the Guardians, I would say that with this, like this, you know, you believe in the defense. The offense still has some issues, but yeah, you got you got guys who have no business playing tackle in the NFL. Exactly, and they're you know like. And, and they're just running over the punishing range. people. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like the most today. Like seeing a, like the joke, like you, you mentioned it, then Joku just, Oh yeah. Oh, that was so awesome. Man. Yeah. And like, I don't know those... like, if, if that's the, like the attitude, cause that to me, I would assume I didn't play football at a higher level. Like that comes from the player. Like that mentality comes from players. <laughs> higher level. Do you mean JV? Yes. That was enough. Oh man. You played head play for coach Richie. That was enough. That was enough. But um, it just seems like they're taking on that that whole attitude where they're just bullying people. Yeah, I can't guys, remember the last time I saw that. You guys, see I feel Stephanie like that's his, a th- uh, post game speech in the locker room. I didn't. I, yeah. I was putting Chip to bed, and it came up. I can't watch this because he was really close. I'm like the sound on. I'm like, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. It was. Yeah. It was exactly. It, it, it's about that team mentality, right? Like yeah, it dude. was. It yeah. was just like I said, you feel cool. this. They're buying in to whatever this is. All right, but but he wasn't without at least a little bit of douchiness because oh, he did say, like, yeah, yeah, he did say, I, I don't know who we're playing next week. We'll find out tomorrow. Yeah, fuck a, you, the, man. It's, it's a one. You know what? It's a one. You know who you're playing every week. Yeah, we got yeah. a one and zero. Yeah. Like all the cliches. He he's the king of the cliche, but but I. I did work for Tersic a couple of years ago. And the only thing I told him was like, in return, I want you to like come with your family yeah. to Ludington for like a vacation in the summer and stay with us. That's all I have. And so I, and I, so I said that in the email and then I haven't heard anything from her since. And I'm a she little un- bit worried. Oh, would you like me to ask? <laughs> hey babe, come here. Put her on the spot. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I would appreciate that. <laughs> hmm. People need to feel the pressure yeah. of the Ludington. Is, is she not interested? <laughs> Everyone wants to talk to you. He believes he's offended you. Look at this. What's up, Whitney? Hello, boys. Whitney. How's it welcome, going? Welcome to the How's show. How's it going? Oh, you've got a really good radio voice. Thank yeah. you. You're oh, welcome. What's up? So I, I wanted to make sure that my email to you about the contract and about making you guys come here and visit us wasn't like offensive in any way or anything why, like that. Why would that be offensive? Well, I don't know. Cause I haven't heard from you. Kind of um, what he does. You never responded to the email. <laughs> yeah. So that's just kind of me. I started an email about two weeks ago to you. I just haven't finished up the whole thing. I haven't finished my thoughts. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. It's coming. It's coming. Okay, it's good. Well, I'm going to look forward to it. This is so just I- my response time. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're very very busy i get it i get it you guys busy. you guys have got a lot going on you got a, a lot very going important on. person yes I, I believe that you are yeah I, am. <laughs> I get it i get it this is awesome so anything you've always wanted to say on the show uh no you talk about cleveland. We're, we're going, i have nothing going, to say about going cleveland. into pittsburgh week now's your chance yeah know, come on here's your show i'm excited I got nothing to say. Ask me next week after we beat you. Then we can talk. Okay. Oh, oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Right there. Like there, it is. there it is. Yeah. Sound good? All right. <laughs> good. Yeah, that's that good. sounds perfect. It's great to see you, Whitney. It was All good right, to see, see you, boys. All right, Bye. Take care. See you later. I was like, oh, I guess I got to give my phone to Chip so he can watch, you know, like, something on youtube chip, chip do my my game my yeah. prep oh this no <laughs> what do you think about this blocking scheme yeah. well she's trained him to say good stealers so oh yeah uh yeah he's named after a what? browns think... linebacker what the hell yeah. no i named him after chip kelly <laughs> oh god no <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he even looks like Chip Bates. we all know it's chip. Yes, absolutely <laughs> he looks just like <laughs> Our second choice oh, was geez. Junkin. It was Junkin. Mike Junkin Rambaldo. <laughs> Junkin, Junkin, Junkin Rambaldo. Rambaldo. Junkin Rambaldo would have been great. That's fantastic. Can we just call him Junk for short. Yep. <laughs> What's up, Junk? See what happens when I don't eat and I just start. <laughs> Our next one's going to be Junkin. Junkin Rambaldo. 
there's gonna be a next one how old do you want to be man you trying to set a record yeah all right i think i have i have celebrated today's win out of my system are you turning the page is is it steeler is it steelers week in ludington i think it's steelers week baby i know we're 12 minutes early but it feels like steelers week yeah yeah focus yeah uh this was awesome chuck yeah rest your back buddy i'm i'll let Um, you know i'll be all right yeah it's gonna hurt a lot more tomorrow than it does right now take some ibuprofen Uh do some stretching yeah 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 Yeah. i'm gonna go eat dinner too so all right (laughs) Awesome. Steelers week is off <laughs> off and running. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> All right, fellas. All right, boys. Have All a right. great night, boys. Love All you guys. Right. Love, Love you guys. guys. See you later. What do you mean I'm funny? Funny like a clown here to amuse you?